Hey, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Barry. Hey, Mark. Welcome everybody. Thanks. Again, this is the first time that the, the dynamic duo have been together since June. So it is. Know, it's we good, were, it's we, good to be back with you, bro. It is indeed, and it was um, kind of fun remembering how to set this all up for both of us. <laughs> and I had to remember to plug my headphones in, which I forgot. <laughs> but we made it, and here we are. So we're doing well. well Thank you. you. Know, yeah, it's, well, you know how they say that when they get to our age, we can start hiding our own Easter eggs. So, you know, <laughs> there's new adventures all the time. But, uh, yeah, it's great to be with you. Of course, you were on your own last week, and I was with Larry Pearson the week before, and now we're back at it. And uh, yeah. last time I was on, I had a bit of technical trouble. We uh, was kicked off of Facebook for some reason and had to find our way back, but hopefully... You had no problems last week, right? So I had no problems. All I've got tonight is a a bit of static on the sound. Oh, it's it's, it's mainly when you're talking. It. You don't hear it. Do you guys no. hear some static on the sound? Maybe you can just put a comment in. But um, I'm hearing it when Barry's speaking. I can get out and then come back in again if that helps. Do yeah, why don't you just yeah, just try that and then um. Sorry, so about if this, you folks. go to your screen. Yeah, I'll yeah, go to yeah, my screen. No, but and then you come back in in a second. Um, all these good <laughs> things that happen. Hey? Yeah, there was static. People were hearing that. Um, so we'll try and bring Barry in again and see if that makes any difference. <laughs> oh, the joys. So we'll just, here he comes. Sign guest one. And okay, try that, Barry. Check one, two. That's any better. better. Yep, that's fine. Right. Crazy thing was, when we were talking before we went live, it was absolutely fine. But the moment we went live, it's um, it came in. But this is this seems better to me. Is that better for you guys? If you could just say yes or no, that would both help us. Um, and I don't mind if 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 I, you find the voice irritating, I won't talk. Your, your voice is. Not <laughs> <laughs> Your voice no, is better. I mean the static. <laughs> yeah. It's better. Yeah. It's better. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No idea. I think there was a pigeon sitting on the line somewhere between here and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing, matey? You doing well? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. I, uh, you know, we have our our kids living with us. Uh, our our oldest daughter and the, her entire family, and they have been living with us for the last four months. And so uh, they're getting ready to move out in three weeks. So that's it's uh, it's been great to have them. But you know what you know what they say. <laughs> yeah, we cheer them on when they're ready to go too. So and it'll be yeah, nice to go and visit up. them in their home. Hey, how about that? That's yeah. a nice way of putting it. It'll be nice to visit them in their new home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. that would be a very British way of saying it for sure. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And how are you? Yeah. You good. Very good, thank you. Yes, good summer. Nice to have a bit of a holiday a couple of weeks ago in Scotland. And just before that, um, did a, a father heart encounter growing in sunship in Germany with Trevor, which went went very well. So, yeah, and you were in, in um, school of ministry a couple of weeks back. Uh, no, last week. Just, la just last week, yeah. Yeah, that went well. Again, it's, uh, it's nice that the 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 covid restrictions are kind of in the rear view mirror that way i mean there was yeah. a 
I don't know, for, well, probably almost two two years, it was just like, you know, wearing masks, like the students and everything. So, you, you know, it's like, it's hard to even see people's reactions. So yes. it's, it's just lovely to be back to normal. Yeah, I mean, you can tell a lot by looking into people's eyes, but you get so much more when you can see their whole face, can't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good. So um, anything coming up you want to tell us about? Apart from having your no, house uh, back. <laughs> getting our house back, uh, my wife and I are going to be celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary uh, October the 16th. That's going to be kind of, the, kind of a big celebration coming up in our, our household. But other than that, you know, everything is, uh, is doing good. well. Good, good, good. Excellent. Yeah. Well, for those of you guys who are based in the UK, um, on the 29th of October... I'm doing um, a day event down in Tadley near Basingstoke um, and you're all very welcome to come and join me. Um, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock, lunch is included. But if you can go on the Father Heart UK website, fatherheart.uk, look at the calendar. You'll see the event for the 29th of October. There's an email link to contact Dina Haywood and just send her an email to let her know you're coming. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to doing that. haven't been down to Tadley for a little while, so it'd be nice to go and see those guys and do something in person once again. So come and join us. Anyone in the UK, you're very, very welcome for um, that day event. It'll be fun. And please give big hugs for all of the, the gang that's there, the Tadley crew. That's uh, Yeah, sure, uh, we'll do. <laughs> they, they're, they're still part of it, right? They, have, they haven't uh, had their own domain yet or anything. Right? No. Tadley, it's still, they're still there? Yeah, they're still the there. The fiefdom of Cat. <laughs> <laughs> the kingdom of Tadley. <laughs> the kingdom of Tadley, exactly. It's still <laughs> very much there and doing well. Yeah, so, good. yeah great. very good. Yeah, so today we're, we're continuing the series I'm doing on the Father's Comfort. Um, this is part two. Um, they're, going to be, they're on the website, of course, as ever, but I'm going to be putting this series of, of videos on YouTube, uh, probably when I've done all three of them next week. Um, so they're there for, for people to look at. So I'd really just encourage you to recommend, recommend it to your friends and contacts because this is such an important thing for us to go on experiencing. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to part two and then part three next week. But Barry, do you want to kick us off in prayer? Yes, I would love, I'd love to. And, and yeah, I, I just say amen before I do pray that with what, um, and I've said this to Mark before that, that just what his insight and comfort is, is very, very powerful. I think it's very unique to, to his life and to uh, what Papa's done in his heart. And so I just yeah, encourage people to watch all three of these once they're all recorded because that'll be a gift, I think, to the body. So I'll pray. Father, we thank you mm. that you are the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Yeah. And the truth is, Father, we all need to be comforted uh, probably every day of our life, mm. whether we acknowledge it or not. I just pray as we open our hearts up, Mark's going to share... Father, that we will just, um, even in the moment, wherever we need to be comforted by your spirit, we just pray that, uh, yeah, we would just receive an embrace from you, that we would know that you share in our sufferings alongside of us, that you are with us, that you never leave us or forsake us. And and so we just pray for open hearts, Father, and for those who are 
listening real time and those who will listen afterwards. And, and Father, we pray for Mark just for the freedom and the clarity to share what's on his heart. And uh, yeah, thank you that you are here and you, you, you will do more uh, in our hearts by just your initiative of love than we could ever do in our lifetime of striving. So help us just to, to be still in this moment and know that you are our God. So thank you, Jesus, for making all this possible. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Barry. I'll see you in a little bit, eh? Yeah. So, um, just before I start, let me um, just mention the booklet I've written on comfort. This is what this series of talks is based on. Uh, Just a little booklet, and it's available on Amazon, um, along with my other books. Um, my, My latest book, It Changes Everything, Um, which is really about what this revelation of the Father is all about and how it begins to change everything for us. So they're they're all available on Amazon. And if you kind of feel you just want to go into this a little bit deeper, then this is kind of just um, a lasting record of some of the things I've been saying. Um, So thanks again for being with us um, for this webcast. this is the second part in, 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 in a three-part series. Last week we looked at blessed are those who mourn and talked about how we all experience trauma and how trauma affects each one of us differently and how we need to, the, really the only way of dealing with that trauma and finding healing for that trauma is for us to receive the Father's comforting love. And we talked about trauma, we talked about mourning, how we lose things, how we've all lost things, and how we need to mourn our loss. And as we mourn, allow ourselves to be comforted. And today we're going to be talking about the Father of all comfort. And then next week in part three, we'll be talking about how a comforted heart can really find its home and come home to the Father. So, uh, yeah, the father of all comfort. I just want to encourage you again as as I'm talking and as we're, Barry and I are just praying at the end of this, um, I just want to encourage you to simply bring your heart to the father and say, Father, here, here's my heart. Will you comfort me? Will you pour your comforting love into my heart? You know, I really believe that if we can trust the Father with our heart and to say, Father, here I am, I trust you with my heart. That's the first step in in allowing ourselves to come to that place of being comforted. So I want to look at the Father of all comfort this evening. Um, You know, and uh, as you can see from the slide, I'm I'm starting off with this, this, this title, Forgiveness and Repentance. And There are times in our life when we all make mistakes. None of us are immune from that. Um, You know, we we make mistakes and sometimes those mistakes can be big (laughs) and sometimes those mistakes can be perhaps not so big, but we, we all make mistakes. And, you know, the question is, is what are we going to do when we make a mistake? And, yeah, my experience is, is if we can come to the Father in an attitude of repentance and 
just being just having sorrow for the state of our heart and seeking you know asking his forgiveness you know that is just a very important way that we open our heart up to be comforted and I just want to talk about this because this is to me this is such an important part of um, us receiving comfort is to allow ourselves to be comforted even when we've made mistakes and of course you know God knows all the mistakes we make and but it's that sort of vulnerability of coming to him and saying here I am you know I've blown it again you know here I am father and just in the state of brokenness that I'm in, I'm in will you comfort me? Yeah. Psalm um, 145 verses 8 and 9. It shows us the heart of the Father. You know, and this, he never changes. This heart never changes. You know, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he's made. You see, that's the Father we come to. You know, and I think some of us often have the wrong image of God. And we think, oh, we've blown it and we're going to come to this guy who's going to punish us. And, you know, and yet sometimes, quite often, there's consequences for what we do. But in our mind, we, we, we just have this, this, this sentence of, of punishment sentence of doom hanging over us and all we want to do is run and hide (laughs) from the father but this is the heart of the father he is gracious and compassionate and he's slow to anger he's rich in love whatever's gone wrong whatever's happened this is who we come to we come to someone who is rich in mercy we come to someone who is rich in compassion you know, he's far more interested in loving us and redeeming us than he is in punishing us. You know, punishment, um, fear has to do with punishment. But perfect love casts out all punishment. Perfect love casts out all fear. You see, we have to continually hold before us ourselves the nature of the Father, that he is good that he has compassion. And in those moments when we know we've blown it, we know we've done something wrong, this is the nature of our Father. And all he wants to do is throw his arms around us and love us and pour his comfort into our hearts. You know, Psalm 130 says this in verse 4 and verses 7 to 8. But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can with reverence serve you. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all of their sins. You know, one of the, I think it's the message translation, says that with that with you forgiveness is your habit you know that god can't help himself he just loves to forgive you know and and this psalm psalm 130 it's it's recognizing that we can come to him in repentance and we can always find that place of forgiveness and 
you know, the, the experience I, I have as I travel around and as I talk to people is, you know, all of us, <laughs> yeah, very often, you know, people say, oh, I've done, I've done something, you know, I, I've sinned or I've made a mistake, you know, how can, how can, how can I encounter God again? You know, I feel guilty, I feel in condemnation, I feel distant. And I just say to them, look, our Father is full of love, he's full of compassion, just come with a with a humble heart and say here I am because he loves to forgive he loves to pour his compassion in and it's in those moments when we come to him in in brokenness really that we can be comforted and this is something that King David really experienced you know he he committed murder in order that he could commit adultery with Bathsheba and then he, he tried to cover it up and Nathan the prophet comes to King David and tells him this wonderful story of um, a very rich man who's got huge flocks and um, and everything and then his neighbour's a very poor guy who's only got one little sheep and uh, the rich man takes the poor man's sheep and King David is absolutely enraged by this and he's he's mad and King David says, the man who's done this should die. And Nathan points the finger at him and said, you're the man. And, you know, in that moment, King David could have had Nathan killed. He could have had him put in prison. But he didn't. When Nathan confronted him, King David came to the Lord in total repentance and he acknowledged his sin. He asks for forgiveness. And he asks for his heart to be transformed. And his prayer, and we read it in Psalm 51, is, Oh God, I've made a mess of my life. You know, my heart has gone off track. And he says, It's creating me a pure heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't, don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, in that, in that moment he acknowledges what he's done. And he comes before the Lord and he says, Create in me a pure heart. You see, I think he's, he's reaching out to be comforted you know he's God's going to restore him you know with God there is always redemption there's always forgiveness and God's going to restore him but in that moment I believe that David is is just reaching out and saying oh, my heart's in such a mess will you comfort me see we don't know everything about David's past but we we do know that he could live out of the overflow of comfort and maybe a lot of that came from this encounter with Nathan. Because in Psalm 131, David writes this, and this is so powerful. You know, this, this, this shows us how much his heart has been transformed, really, by the power of love. And how he has allowed himself to be comforted. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I've calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child I am content. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now 
and forever. You see, I think this attitude of repentance and seeking forgiveness is something we don't talk about very often, but I really do see it as being the key to allowing our heart to be comforted. See, repentance means turning right around and walking in the, in the opposite direction. It's a complete change of heart. And it's that repentance, that heart change that leads to our salvation and it's a significant factor I believe for our heart finding the rest and peace that it longs for Isaiah 30 verse 15 in repentance and rest <laughs> is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength now, unfortunately the people Isaiah is talking to they wouldn't have it you know my encouragement is let's have it you know let's let's turn let's repent let's find that place of rest because that's where there'll be that's where our hearts are positioned to be comforted see his love will always comfort us and the more we lean into that comfort the more of it we will receive you know psalm 119 verse 76 may your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise um, see that's that's the heart of our father that's always the heart of our father is to bring us back to restore us to redeem us to turn our heart round and set us on the right direction and as we go through that process of redemption and restoration so we are comforted you know it if this is speaking to anyone who's watching, I just encourage you to bring your heart to the Father and say, here it is, messed up as normal, but will your unfailing love be my comfort? See, I think we've many of us, all of us have probably been in that place and experienced that comforting love of the Father as we turn back to him. See, that that's just... To me, that's just an expression of how God is the father of all comfort. You know, he even comforts us when we messed up and got things wrong. And, you know, it's, um, it's important for us to understand that we're not left alone. You know, um, that we have a comforter who's with us every moment of the day. One of the things I, I've noticed as I've read through the, the gospel stories is the gospels don't mention the word comfort very often. But what we do see as we read those stories is we see it implicitly in the life of Jesus. Je Jesus only did and said what he saw his father doing and saying. You know, he was the exact representation of his father. And so he must have been the most comforting person who ever lived you know his disciples they're they a crazy group of guys they're young guys they're wild you know they're not educated um you know one of them hated the romans simon the zealot matthew was a roman tax collector you know these two guys are on the same team and jesus must have comforted them you know mary and martha when lazarus died jesus must have comforted them the woman at the well, the way Jesus spoke to her, that would have been very, very comforting. The woman caught in adultery when Jesus looks into her eyes, uh, you know, that must have been the most comforting thing she'd ever experienced. Even the rich young ruler 
who couldn't do what Jesus was encouraging him to do. It says in Mark's Gospel that Jesus looked at him and loved him. You know, that must have been such a comforting look, even though he couldn't bring himself to do what Jesus was encouraging him to do. You know, when, when Jesus fed the 5,000, you know, he, he, they'd been with him all day, they were tired, they were hungry, and Jesus looks after their physical welfare. You know, he, he wasn't just performing an, an administrative miracle. You know, he was comforting them by providing their, their food. You know, even on the cross, you know, when his, his body is broken and emotionally, physically, spiritually just wrung out, he sees his mum and he sees his disciple John and he says to John, John, look after my mum. You know, that must have been so comforting for Mary to hear those words that even even in that moment when her son was just on the cross he's thinking about her his mum and he says the same mum look after look after my friend John that, you know that's just so, so comforting and you know all of these stories of Jesus show us that he was a a comforter What's really interesting is um, in Luke 14, we read that Jesus was rejected in his hometown of Nazareth and he moved and he lived in Capernaum, Capernaum. And that word Capernaum means the village of comfort. Yeah, I just find that so interesting that he moved to a place known as the village of, of comfort. See, Jesus was a comforter. And in John chapter 14, as he's preparing his disciples for his return to the Father, in verse, um, well, in verses 16, 17, 18, Jesus says, I will send another comforter. He says, I, I, see, we know the verse very well. John 14, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, in some translations, that, that's, that's translated, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you without comfort. Because an orphan lives an uncomforted life. And Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send another comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you forever. See, Jesus promises not to abandon them, but he reassures them that the Holy Spirit will continue the work that he's begun. And that's the same for us. The Holy Spirit living inside of us is our comforter. He's the one, Romans 5 verse 5, who brings the Father's love into our heart. You know, the Father's love, God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. See, this outpouring of comfort into our hearts by the Holy Spirit enables us to cry, Abba. And as we are comforted, we are established in, in our sonship. It's the hallmark of Jesus' life and it can become the hallmark of our life. See, Jesus was a comforter and he didn't want his disciples and he doesn't want us to be without comfort 
because he knows how important comfort is. And he says, guys, I'm going to send another comforter who will be with you forever. And that same promise has been given to us. I'm given you another comforter who is with you forever. And that comforter, that Holy Spirit living inside of us, enables us to cry, Abba, Father. We read that in Romans 8 and Galatians 4. And Paul summarizes this very well in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 16 to 17. May, the, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, may he comfort your hearts and establish them in every good word, work and word. You see, we're not left alone. We've got an eternal comforter who is always willing, always able to comfort our hearts and to establish them. See, a comforted heart, as we'll see next week, a comforted heart is a strong heart. And this is the promise that we are not left alone. We don't have to work it all out ourselves. We have a comforter living in our heart that will cause us or motivate us to walk in his ways. I just want to spend a few moments looking at that very well-known um, passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. where Paul really writes about the father of all comfort. And in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1 verses 3 to 7, this is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Who comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort is abundant through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so you share in our comfort. I don't know whether you underline things in your Bible or whether you highlight things in your Bible, but if you do, there are two words in this passage that you need to highlight or underline. It's actually the same word used twice. It's the word all. He is the father of compassion, the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles you know isn't that beautifully reassuring that all of the comfort we need comes from our father we talked last week about the false comforts that we seek you know we we yearn for things to bring relief to the pain we long for something to dull the pain or to try and take it away and all of these false comforts, so there may be nothing wrong with them in, the, in, the, in themselves, but when we rely on them, they're just like a medicine. We take them, they work for a while, 
and then their effect wears off and we're left with the pain, we're left with the trauma, we're left with the grief. But as we come to our Father, He is the Father of all comfort. All the comfort that you need comes from Him. And I just want to encourage you to run to Him rather than running toward these false comforts. See, He has all the comfort we need and He comforts us in all our trouble. You know, and it's the comfort we receive that enables us to go through the suffering that inevitably we go through. You know, life is full of problems, life is full of challenges, life is full of difficulties, and it's it's living in the flow of the Father's comfort that gets us through. Because when we are comforted, we can endure the sufferings that life throws at us. You know, and it's it's that comfort that carries us through. And so I just encourage you to to go on pursuing this with all of your heart. You know, I, I I encourage you to have this longing in your heart to be continually comforted. You know, and um this is something he does freely for us. It doesn't matter who we are, it doesn't matter what our history is. It's not something he rations. It's not something he hands out as a reward. But it's, it's the fulfilment of his nature being birthed in us. And you know, all the comfort we need, we find in him. All of the troubles and difficulties and challenges we go through, he is the ultimate comforter. And yes, it's nice to have a bar of chocolate or a glass of wine or one of these other things, but... Don't put your faith in false comforts because they don't last. Put your faith in the Father of all comfort and keep running to him. Keep running to him. And I encourage you, as Barry prayed, we we all need to be comforted and we all need to be comforted every day of our lives. See, I, I really do believe that. I really do believe the comfort we need is a daily provision from the Father. You know, the, the 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 problem is, and I think I mentioned this last week, is we we spend so much time playing catch up and being comforted for all the past hurts and the past wounds and the past problems that we're always seeking, and, and we need to be we need to be comforted for for the pain and the woundings of the past, but and we need to be comforted for the pain and the woundings of the present, but we can also be comforted to give us an um, a reservoir of comfort inside of us that is there before we hit the challenges, before we hit the difficulties, that we've got this strength of comfort in our heart, that we've got a positive rather than, you know, we've got a surplus rather than a deficit of comfort. And if we can get to that place where we have a surplus of comfort in our heart, when we hit the challenges, We've got the comfort inside of us to take us through. We've also got comfort in our heart that we can give to other people. As Paul says here, you know, he comforts us so that we can comfort those in any trouble. Not with our comfort, but with the comfort we've received from the Father. See, if we're running on deficit all the time, we can't do that. But if we start to 
to build up a surplus, a reservoir of comfort inside of us. We've got his comfort inside of us that we can give to other people when they are going through trouble. See, if we don't have that, we can sympathise, we can empathise. But it's only truly as we have been comforted that we can comfort other people. And that's why I see this as being so important to receive comfort every day. You know, life might be going well, things may be good, you know, everything may be going well for you. But I'd still encourage you to come to the Father and say, comfort me. Because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in your life tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in someone else's life that you just meet. And they need to be comforted with the comfort that you've received from the Father. So I just encourage you to to come to him every day and say, Father, today it's a great day. Everything's going well, but I still need your comfort. I still want you to pour your comfort. Because then we become recipients of grace and mercy which flows freely from his heart and it can flow through us and flow to other people around us. See, in, in John, 1 John 4.16, it says we can know and rely on the love that God has for us. See, this comfort, comfort is one expression of love. And John encourages us to really rely on this love and these these are experiential words they're not words of knowledge that affect our mind but they're words of experience that change our heart and you know we can really rely and trust and believe and know know that we know that we know that the father is pouring his comfort into our heart every day we can, we can know that. We can, we can rely on it. We can believe it. You know, we can build our life on that because that is a solid rock. See, when you read that letter, uh, that, that first letter of John, that whole letter that he writes is John writing about a relationship. He's not advising us on how to get knowledge or principles or theories. He's talking about a relationship. The very first few words, you know, I've seen it, I've touched it, I, I know it, I've heard about it with my own ears, my eyes have seen it, my hands have touched it. He's writing about an experience, he's writing about a relationship and so he, he draws us into that same relationship. He's not giving us knowledge, he's not giving us a theory, he's saying this is real guys, you really, really can believe that God is pouring his comfort into your heart. You really can rely on it. And I just want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you're facing, you can really rely on the love God has for you. You can really rely on his comforting love. See, the Father's love is not something that's turned on and off. It's not dependent on our behaviour, but it's a free flowing constant supply of love being poured into our hearts by the holy spirit and that's why i really believe that it's a daily occurrence for us you know the tap of comfort is never turned off and i just encourage you to stand under that tap and drink deeply of comfort every day you know when we read through the book of acts 
we, we, we read the journeys that Paul went on as he was establishing churches and planting churches and, you know, going around and encouraging them. Now, yeah, it wasn't always an easy ride. Yeah, he was arrested, he was beaten, he was put in prison, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was whipped and, and, you know, it really was a very, very tough life for him. And he endured a huge amount of physical suffering as he travelled around. You know, that's what, I think that's what he's referring to in this passage in Corinthians. You know, the sufferings that he'd been through were very, very extreme. And, you know, on one level, Paul must have been a pretty tough guy, you know, physically. To survive all of that, he must have been a pretty tough guy. But... When we read these verses at the beginning of 2 Corinthians, we, we don't read about judgment. We don't read about condemnation of, of his abusers. We don't see him seeking revenge or trying to promote himself. But what we, what we read about is Paul's encounter with the God of all comfort the father of all compassion. You see, when they stoned you, they stoned you to death. And I can't remember whether he'd been stoned three or four times, but he'd either was pretty tough or he'd been, he'd been brought back from the dead. I mean, we don't know, but, you know, that's extreme. He was beaten, he was, he was whipped, he was shipwrecked. You know, these are extreme things. And that takes its toll on you emotionally and physically and spiritually I mean I've never been through anything like that but I can just imagine that it, it takes a huge toll on you and you know Paul writes with such tenderness about the father of all comfort he, in, in his hardship and suffering he had allowed himself to be comforted you know, probably when he'd been through that time when he'd been stoned or whipped, he probably just lay there broken and physically exhausted. But I, I imagine his heart was just crying out and saying, Father, will you comfort me? Will you comfort me? You know, we, we know after his conversion experience on the road to Damascus, he, he was all full of faith and power initially, but then he spent many, many years, you know, kind of back in Arabia. And he, here's the guy who's been persecuting Christians. Here's the guy who's been killing Christians. And suddenly, you know, God has got hold of him. And I can just imagine that in those years that we don't read much about his life, that he was just working through all of those issues in his heart and saying, oh, you know, Father, I'm, like we were just talking about repentance and forgiveness and allowing himself to be comforted. Yeah, those years, you know, God must have changed his heart significantly. And even as, as he gets into the, his ministry and his travelling and we see the hardship he goes through. But he writes passages like this. He writes passages like uh, his, his chapter about being weak. You know, that yeah, for the sake of the gospel, I've become weak. 
so that Christ's power may be shown through me. You know, here's a guy who had a huge intellect. Here's a guy who's suffered enormously. But he writes with tenderness about comfort. He writes with tenderness about weakness. And I, I really believe he must have lived in the daily flow of receiving comfort from the Father. He knew the reality of another comforter living in his heart. And I think he drew on that comfort every day. I think he allowed himself to be comforted every moment. See, that there's a wonderful passage in um, 2 Corinthians 7, I think it is, where um, Paul is somewhere and Titus comes to visit him. And he writes in his letter, thanking the church for, he writes to the church in Corinth and thanks them for sending Titus. And he says, when Titus came, I was comforted. See, Titus came and brought comfort to Paul. And then he, he says this, he says, I was comforted not only by his presence, but I was comforted by the comfort that Titus had received from you. You see, the church had prayed for Titus and poured comfort into his heart, filled him up with comfort. Titus goes to visit Paul, probably in prison, maybe somewhere like Ephesus or something, and and Titus not only is is comforting Paul just by being there. You know, it's nice to have a mate with you when things are going tough, but he receives the overflow of comfort from Titus. You know, I'd encourage you to read. I think it's two Corinthians seven somewhere. Have a look at it because it's just a beautiful story that describes what Paul is talking about in these few verses. That the more we receive comfort ourselves, the more we are able to comfort other people. See, I believe Paul needed to receive comfort every day of his life. And I believe we need to receive comfort every day of our life. And as we do, we begin to discover our true home. And that's something I want to talk about in much more detail next week. God is love. God is love. Every expression of love, perfect love, that's what God is. You know, we only have one word in English, but there are many, many different expressions of love. And comfort is one of those expressions of love. And as we begin to live in and experience perfect love, we begin to live and experience all its various expressions including comfort. And I, I want to encourage you to, to live in comfort, to breathe comfort. Because as you do, the more you do that, the more your heart will know it's come home. See, at the end of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes those famous cha- chapters <clears throat> about weakness. And in chapter 11, he compares himself to the super apostles who are boasting in their own strength and seeking to take people back to a life based on the law and the observance of religious duty. You know, Paul doesn't join them, but instead he boasts of his weakness and he boasts about his reliance on God, who we know is the father of all comfort. You see, he's found the secret of contentment. And again, we'll talk about that next week. 
You know, he'd found the, the secret of not relying on his own strength or his own abilities. He discovered the power of recognizing his own weakness, which made him totally dependent on the Father. You see, he could do that because his heart was comforted. See, a comforted heart doesn't need to self-promote. But a comforted heart takes the path of apparent weakness. A comforted heart knows the secret of total reliance and dependency on the Father. A comforted heart is at peace and lives at rest. A comforted heart can share that comfort with other people. Our Father, He is the God of all comfort. He is the Father of all compassion. And it's a gift that He gives us that we freely receive. But it's a gift that we can receive and then give to others. Not our own comfort, but we give the comfort we've, we've received. And so, I want you to be encouraged today. That our Father is the Father of all comfort. He's the God of all compassion. And he's pouring that comfort into your heart now. And I just want us to take a few moments to allow him to do that. I'll invite Barry back on. Um, but I want us to take a few moments just to be comforted. To come to the Father of all comfort. Just bring your heart to him. Just bring your heart to him. Trust him with your heart. Say, Father, here's my heart. Whatever state it's in, be honest about it. Yeah, if there's a turning of repentance or whatever, just turn and say, Father, I've made a mess of things. Here I am. You know, whatever's going on in your heart, just bring your heart and say, Father, I, I trust you with my heart. See, he's safe. He's the Father of all comfort, the God of all compassion. And I just encourage you to come to him with your heart today. Just open it before him and say, Father, just pour your comfort into my heart. He is the Father of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles, all of our sorrows. Father, just come to each one of us. Mm. Yeah. Thank you that you're loving each one of us right now. Yeah. Father, just pour your comfort into our hearts. Mm. We don't have to be big and tough and brave and have it all together. <laughs> but Father, the power of knowing our own weakness. Wow. It's the power of sonship. Father, the power of knowing our own weakness, our own vulnerability, and just realizing that we, we don't have it all together, that we haven't got what we need. Mm. We can come to you, Father, with our heart, and we can just trust you with our heart. Because you're the Father yeah. of all compassion. And so, Father, would mm. you pour your comfort into our heart now? Pour your comfort into our hearts. Thank you that you're loving each one of us. 
Father, we, we thank you that you express your love to us through comfort. Mm. That your comfort is, is a tangible expression of your love. Yeah. And when we open our hearts up to receive comfort, we are opening our hearts up to receive your love yeah. in a very practical way. In a way where you come alongside of us and you open your heart up and you suffer alongside of us. Because, Father, we know that you are close to the brokenhearted and you promise to save those who are crushed in spirit. And so, Father, we ask that anything in us, Father, that would be afraid to be that vulnerable to you, afraid that you would be disappointed in our feelings, that we would just try to build a wall around our hearts. Father, would we just be convinced more today than ever before that that you are safe and your love is safe and that a a bruised reed you will not break and a smoldering wick you will not put out. You you love us and you are gentle with us and tender-hearted. We can trust with our hearts. So, Father, we ask for uh, just the courage to open up our heart to you today and welcome your love to to be poured into our hearts into every wound every disappointment every every, um, devastation everything that is where we feel abandoned Father all of those things Father we just want to open our hearts to you and just receive your love in the form of your comfort right now thank you Father Can I just encourage you guys to go on receiving comfort every day. Tomorrow when you wake up, just put your hand on your heart yeah. before you get out of bed and say, Father, I'll have a, I'll have a double dose of comfort for today. <laughs> Bless you. We'll see yeah. you next week. Looking forward to that. Come and join us then. Yeah, Thanks, thank Barry. You. All right. See you next week. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Mark. Bless you.